Paging Dr. Randy. Paging Dr. Randy. I just got on call and they're paging me already. They want me to do work as soon as I get to work. Come on, let's go. Yes, you, come on. Well, I'm Dr. Randy, nice to meet you. I'm a licensed family medicine physician. Since you're on call with me today, I want to make sure you learn as much as possible. Me and a few of my special friends are here to give you all the tips and info you need to live a balanced, healthy life. Are you ready to be on call with me? I hope so. So let's get it going. Our shift starts right now. Welcome back, healthy people, to On Call with Dr. Randy. Glad you decided to join me again. This week's episode is a solo episode, so you just get little on me, just little on me, Dr. Randy. I hope you're okay with that. We will get through this together. Hold my hand. Come on, hold my hand. Damn, you're a little ashy. But um, we will get through this together, okay? Look at my eyes. We will get through this together. This week, I'm discussing vitamins. I know a lot of you take vitamins for various reasons. Heart health, to boost your immune system, to prevent cancer. One of my patients, she came in, she had a couple of different vitamins that she was taking. I said, what are you taking these vitamins for? She said, to help her memory. I said, okay, and what year is it? She said, 1943. I said, okay, it's not close at all. And when is your birthday? That 1952. So we are before your birthday? She said, yeah. I didn't have time to go back and forth with her. Like, obviously she needed a new multivitamin because that one wasn't working for her. But the list of reasons that people can take vitamins can be longer than a CVS receipt. But what does the science show? I would like to say this is my medical opinion on vitamins based upon the information I have researched and find on respectable medical websites. I provided my sources in the episode description. Therefore, you can read for yourselves and get your own opinion. Discuss all the things that you hear on this episode with your physician and find out is the information right for you specifically because I don't know your medical problems and what's specific for you. So this is just a general discussion. Dr. Randy proceeds to look at his lawyer for a thumbs up. Got the thumbs up. Thanks, Johnny C. Appreciate it. So let's start the conversation on what is a vitamin. A vitamin is an organic compound that is needed for your cells to grow, develop, and function. There are 13 essential vitamins. Can you name them? I can name them. I didn't ask you in a voice. I was asking the listeners. But go ahead, inner voice. Go ahead and listen. Okay, okay. There's vitamin C. There's vitamin K. Vitamin A. Okay, okay. I see you in the voice. You're doing a good job. Keep going, keep going. Okay, okay. I'm doing good. All right, all right. All right. So there's vitamin ATL, vitamin 123, and 321. They're twins. And then there's vitamin R2D2. Okay, okay, inner voice. You're done. You're done. You're done. You 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 don't know these vitamins. You knew a couple, but you didn't know them all. Oh man. Yeah, let's get out of here. Get out of here. All right. I'm not going to list every vitamin. You can look them up on your own. But some of the other vitamins that he didn't name include biotin, folic acid, and vitamin B12. A large number of the essential vitamins are B vitamins that go by other names. For example, 
Vitamin B6 is also known as pyridoxine. And vitamin B12 is also known as cyanocycobalamine. Whew, that's a mouthful. I hope I said it correctly with me and my southern draw. Vitamins are grouped into two categories, fat-soluble and water-soluble. Fat-soluble vitamins such as vitamins D, A, K, and E are stored in your liver, fat, and muscles. These vitamins absorb better in your body when you consume a fatty meal. So once again, fat-soluble vitamins, D, A, K, and E. So let's just use the acronym K, so K-A-D-E, to represent them. They are better absorbed when you eat a fatty meal. So just remember, Cade, it's a fat-soluble. Just think of Cade as a big guy with a lot of fat who has a man bun. He reads The Alchemist every summer at a coffee shop. That's the fat-soluble vitamin right there, K. Water-soluble vitamins are your B vitamins and vitamin C. All of the B vitamins except for B12 aren't stored in the body. Consequently, all the rest of your vitamin B and C vitamins need to be consumed on a regular basis to prevent deficiencies. So once again, the water-soluble vitamins are your B vitamins and vitamin C they need to be consumed on a regular basis because they aren't stored. The only one of those water-soluble vitamins that are stored is your vitamin B12. So quick review, your fat-soluble vitamins are which ones again? Cade, that's the fat guy. I'm not trying to disparage fat people, I'm just trying to give you something to remember. But the big guy with the man bun, that's the K-A-D-E vitamins. They are your fat-soluble vitamins, and they absorb better when you eat something fatty with them. And your body also stores them in your liver, in your fat, and in your muscles. The time length varies which they are stored. It can be days or months depending on the vitamin. Your water-soluble vitamins, which are your vitamin C and B vitamins, aren't stored except for the vitamin b12 that one is stored therefore you must consume them on a regular basis to prevent having a deficiency so now we have a good foundation on what vitamins are and their different categories vitamins are organic compounds needed for your cells to grow develop and function and there are two categories fat soluble and water soluble Let's discuss the function, nutritional source, and what happens when you take too much of some of these vitamins. I'm not going to go over all 13 vitamins. I'm just going to hit a quick few of them. I couldn't listen to myself talk about all of these vitamins and I'm just gonna hit some of the key vitamins. Thank God. Shut up, inner voice. I didn't need your backhanded comments at all. Let's see why I didn't bring you back until episode four this season. Yeah, about that. What's up? You don't want your boy on the show? We'll talk about that later. We'll, we'll talk about that later. So let's get back to these vitamins. Vitamin A, also known as retinol. It helps maintain healthy teeth, skin, and the mucous membranes. So what is the mucous membranes? The mucous membranes are essentially the inside of your mouth, nose, throat, and lungs. Vitamin A helps to keep those areas moist. It also plays a role in the health of your eyes. Hey, Dr. Randy, how can I remember all of these different things that vitamin A does? You just listed a whole bunch of different items 
that vitamin A helps with. How can I remember them all? Well, A is the first letter in the alphabet, so vitamin A. When you wake up in the morning, what is the first thing you do? You open your eyes, so that's eye health. And then you take a big deep breath and let out your stank breath, haven't brushed your teeth yet. So that's your mucous membranes in your teeth. Then you get out of the bed and dust yourself off. So that's your skin health. See, simple, good. You open your eyes, that's your eye health. You let out your breath, stank breath. That's your mucous membranes and your teeth. And then you dust yourself off. Shout out to Jay-Z and Timberland. That's your skin health. So that's what vitamin A helps with. Good sources of vitamin A include carrots, kale, milk, some cheeses, fish, and dark green vegetables. Deficiency in vitamin A is very rare in America. It's very, very rare. Why is that? Because vitamin A is already included in a lot of the food sources we consume on a regular basis. When a person does have vitamin A deficiency, it can lead to problems with your eyes, causing them to have dryness and inflammation, something called xeroophthalmia. It can cause night blindness and dry skin. Taking too much vitamin A is more of a problem than taking too little. Remember that vitamin A is one of the vitamins that is stored and is already readily available in a lot of the foods you eat. Research has shown in smokers, high vitamin A levels can increase their risk of cancer. Yes, an increased risk of cancer has been shown in individuals who are smokers. It can lead them to have lung cancer. Excess amounts of vitamin A can lead to decreased bone density thus leading to potential bone fractures. Yes, bone fractures can happen if you take too much vitamin A. Sometimes people have too much vitamin A in their multivitamins. Thus, that can lead to the excess and lead to one of those problems that I mentioned earlier. Taking vitamin A in an ointment or cream may not be as dangerous. So you have to pay attention to how much vitamin A it's in the multivitamin pills that you may be taking. All right, next vitamin, vitamin D, AKA the sunshine vitamin. Vitamin D plays a role in helping absorb calcium from your intestines. Calcium helps in the formation of bones and keeps them nice and strong. Vitamin D is known as a sunshine vitamin because your body makes vitamin D by using sunlight. It can also be obtained by milk, other dairy products, and some fish. Low vitamin D in kids can lead to a condition called rickets. Basically, the kids are bow-legged and have weak bones. Vitamin D deficiency in adults can lead to weak bones, muscles, and as I've seen in some of my patients, low energy. Well, what are some of the reasons why some people have low vitamin D? Well, they could include not getting enough sunlight, wearing sunscreen that prevents the sunlight from reaching the skin so the skin can't make vitamin D, or you can have dark skin which affects the absorption of sunlight and your ability to make vitamin D. There is insufficient data that supports taking vitamin D along with calcium to prevent falls in postmenopausal women. So there was some research that's in the past that said that this may have been true, but over time that this has not shown enough data to say that taking vitamin D is preventive in having falls. It is recommended to take vitamin D in infants who exclusively breastfeed 
or breastfeeding moms can supplement their intake of vitamin D instead of giving the baby vitamin D. Taking vitamin D has not shown to decrease the risk of cancer, diabetes, prevent cognitive decline, and depression. Cognitive decline is Alzheimer's, so taking vitamin D has not shown to decrease your risk of getting Alzheimer's. That's Alzheimer's. That's the same as Alzheimer's, which is not a real word. It's Alzheimer's. There's no T in Alzheimer's. Okay, I'm off my soapbox. Taking too much vitamin D can lead to too much calcium, something known as hypercalcemia. Hypercalcemia can lead to stomach pain, abnormal heart rhythms, and affect you mentally. You will start acting weird if you have too much calcium in your body. So that was two fat-soluble vitamins. Let's discuss two water-soluble vitamins. And remember, your water-soluble vitamins are vitamin C and the vitamin B vitamins. Let's start with vitamin C. And as you remember from last week, C stands for cookie. Vitamin C is also known as ascorbic acid. Sources of vitamin C include oranges, tomatoes, potatoes, red and green peppers, strawberries, and broccoli. Make sure you eat these fruits and vegetables uncooked because if you cook them, it can break down the vitamin C. In underdeveloped countries, low intake of vitamin C can lead to something called scurvy which causes bleeding gums, loss of teeth, ooh, mouth looking like Jerome from Martin, and poor wound healing. So low vitamin C can lead to bleeding gums, loss of teeth, and poor wound healing. Vitamin C functions in the making of collagen, neurotransmitter, and protein. It is used to help make proteins for the skin, ligaments, tendons, and blood vessels. Vitamin C also helps the body to absorb iron. So if you're taking iron for anemia, you need to take it with vitamin C because this is shown to help your body absorb more of the iron. They go hand in hand and taking vitamin C with iron will help to improve the levels of iron in your body. Vitamin C is also an antioxidant, which means that it can help block something called free radicals, which are molecules that cause damage in your body. Now let's get to the part I know you've been waiting for, for vitamin C. I know a lot of you all take vitamin C to help boost your immune system. Well, does that work? Uh, there's not enough evidence to show that taking vitamin C helps boost your immune system. A lot of research has shown that taking vitamin C doesn't actually help prevent you from getting the common cold. But if you get the common cold, it may shorten the duration in which you get sick. It's kind of like wearing an ankle brace playing basketball. It won't totally stop you from rolling your ankle, but if you do, wearing your ankle brace, you won't roll your ankle as bad. And if you take vitamin C after you get the common cold, the research has shown there is no benefit of starting to take it after you've gotten a common cold. It has to already be in your system. It's like rolling your ankle, then putting the ankle brace on after you roll your ankle. It's too late. It already needs to be on. Vitamin C needs to be in your system. So just to quickly summarize, taking vitamin C, the research shows that it doesn't prevent you from getting the common cold, and there's not enough evidence to show that it boosts your immune system. But if you happen to get the common cold, 
while you're taking vitamin C, the research shows that it can decrease the duration in which you have the common cold. So let's just say if you weren't taking vitamin C and you got the common cold, you might have the common cold for a week. If you're already taking vitamin C, it may reduce the time that you have the common cold to five days. I hope you get that and understand that. Now taking vitamin C has shown some benefit in treating COVID, but more research still needs to be done. So I'm not getting into that and I'm sticking with the common cold and vitamin C. All right, so let's move on to the next water soluble vitamin, vitamin B12. Vitamin B12 is needed for the formation of your red blood cells, your neurosystem, and the formation of your DNA. It can be found in fish, poultry, meats, eggs, and dairy products. If you're a vegan or vegetarian, you can obtain vitamin B12 via fortified cereals and nutritional yeast. Clinical manifestations of prolonged vitamin B12 deficiency can include hyperpigmentation of your skin, so a lot of pigmentation of your skin, low energy, anemia, peripheral neuropathy, so that means numbness and tingling of your hands and of your feet, and problems with gait, so walking, all of those symptoms can be shown in vitamin B12 deficiency. So how prevalent is vitamin B12 deficiency? Approximately 1.5 to 15% of people have vitamin B12 deficiency. Here are the percentages of people who have vitamin B12 deficiency based on age ranges. This is information provided by the Cleveland Clinic. At least 3% of people aged 20 to 39 have vitamin B12 deficiency. 4% of people from the age of 40 to 59 and 6% of people who are over the age of 60 have vitamin B12 deficiency. So who is at risk of having vitamin B12 deficiency? Alcoholics, vegans or vegetarians, alcoholic vegetarians, so basically vegans who get drunk off Brussels sprouts, people over 75, and individuals with digestive disorders such as Crohn's disease are all at increased risk of having vitamin B12 deficiency. There has been some thought that taking vitamin B12 can help reduce bone fractures in the elderly or reduce cardiovascular risk, so decreasing your risk of having a heart attack. However, the research at this time has not proven this to be true. People who really need to take vitamin B12 are the ones that I listed in the category earlier, but they should have their levels checked first to see if it's warranted to supplement their vitamin B12. So once again, those are alcoholics, vegans, vegetarians, and older individuals over the age of 75, and those with digestive disorders can have vitamin B12 deficiency, and there are other people in other categories as well. So just look up to see if you may be in one of those categories who have vitamin B12 deficiency. All right, so let's talk about multivitamins. Did you know they aren't really regulated by the FDA? So yeah, those pills that you take that are full of multiple vitamins in one pill, they're not regulated by the Food and Drug Administration. Since 1994, dietary supplements have not needed the authorization of the FDA to be manufactured and sold. This is due to the Dietary Supplement Health and Education Act of 1994. 
This act left manufacturers to their own devices to evaluate the safety of their products as well as the labeling on said products. So these companies are basically left on their own to do their own research and see how effective and safe their medication is. That's very interesting. I'm gonna just leave it at that. That's very interesting. New supplements developed post-1994 do not require approval by the FDA, but must be reviewed before marketing. This can be frightening as a provider. Right? With many of my patients taking multiple prescribed medications due to multiple chronic illnesses and potentially having an increased chance of their drugs interacting with each other and having some kind of side effect, like this, this is very, very scary for me as a physician. So that's why I kind of depend a lot on um, pharmacists to help me out in determining if certain supplements may be a harm or benefit to my patients. Let's look at a couple of multivitamins. Multivitamins may be made in different combination of vitamins in different amounts. Often, a lot of multivitamins have more vitamins than the recommended daily amount of vitamins. Why is this? This is because your body is not able to absorb these pills as well as they're able to absorb food. Consequently, they have to put more of these vitamins in the pills because your body is not able to absorb all of it. So I'm gonna start off by talking about two multivitamins. The first one is a women's vitamin made by Vermelsen Health, which is found on Amazon. So this multivitamin contains over 133% of the daily vitamin A, so that's the recommended daily amount, 50% of the recommended daily amount of vitamin D, and get this, over 1,000% of the recommended daily amount of vitamin B12. So over 1,000% of what you actually need of vitamin B12. And for vitamin C, it has over 167% of the recommended daily amounts of vitamin C. Wow. All right, so let's switch to another multivitamin. So this one is a one-a-day multivitamin supplement. So let's look at the daily amount that's in this multivitamin. So it has 78% of the recommended daily amount of vitamin A, it has 93% of the recommended amount of vitamin C. It has 125% over the recommended daily amount of vitamin D. And for vitamin B12, it has 250% over the recommended daily amount of vitamin B12. So this one isn't as bad as the other multivitamin, but still has more than what you need. So just think about that. So you're already taking a, a lot of vitamins through your food already. And then if you're taking a multivitamin on top of this, you're at increased risk of possibly taking more vitamins than you need. You may already be getting enough by what you're eating already. If you haven't checked your levels on your own, when you go to the doctor, you may be taking more than you need. It may not be necessary but you can always check your vitamin levels when you go to the doctor, but just realize that may be an extra cost. Not all insurance is paid for you to check your vitamins and you need to research to see if your insurance company will cover that. All you gotta do is call them and you can ask them, hey, 
do y'all pay for me to check my vitamin levels? And if they don't, you may need to call a specific lab to find out how much that cost may be. I don't know specifically for each particular lab, but there are different costs for each lab. One lab may charge you $5 to check your vitamin A levels. Another lab may charge you $50. So you may have to kind of shop around to see what your lab level costs are. All right, so let's wrap this up with some key points. Number one, think about what vitamins are you taking? Are you taking them by themselves? Are you taking them as a multivitamin? And has this vitamin actually been helping you? For example, if you're taking vitamin C on a regular basis to prevent you from getting sick, but if you've been getting sick on a regular basis, the vitamin doesn't seem to be helping you. So think about what are you taking your vitamins for and has it actually been helping you at all? Key point number two, are your levels even low? Like I mentioned, you may be already at the correct amount of levels for you specifically, but everybody health differs. So you need to figure out what you need for you and specifically are your levels high or are they low? So check your levels if you wanna see if you're high or low. Point number three, assess your diet. If you think you may be low on a vitamin, think about the food that you're eating. Like I mentioned earlier, food is your best source of vitamins. You may not need to take a multivitamin, but you just need to eat more fruits or more vegetables or more healthy lean protein meats. Assess your diet. Sit down and talk to a nutritionist if you have to. Your doctor can refer you to a nutritionist can, who can assess your diet and tell you different ways that you can supplement your vitamins by incorporating certain foods into your diet. Key point number four, if you're taking a multivitamin, make sure it doesn't interfere with other medications you're already taking. This can lead to major problems if a multivitamin or just a regular vitamin interferes with the medications that you're already taking. It can make certain medications higher in dosage than they should be, and then you can have adverse effects of those levels being too high. Lastly, discuss with your physician. You may be in a category where you may need to take certain vitamins. This can include people who have had weight loss surgery, elderly individuals, people in underdeveloped countries, alcoholics, and vegetarians. So these are just some of the people who may need to have a vitamin supplement because they may not be getting everything they need via their diet. So that is your quick, I don't know, I can even say the word quick. That is your summary on multivitamins and vitamins in general. I hope you learned a lot and got a lot of information. It took me a while to kind of sit down and do this. So forgive me if this episode comes out a little later than my other episodes. Um, if you have any questions, please discuss this with your doctor. Don't slide into my DM asking me questions. I provided you enough information. No, I'm just joking, but for real, sit down and discuss this with your doctor and also discuss this with your pharmacist. They can provide you some good information as well. If you found this helpful, be sure to like, subscribe, share this with others and leave a comment. Um, I will be discussing minerals on the next episode. So this was just a discussion on vitamins. The next discussion will be on minerals. So look out for that coming in the next week. And as always, stay healthy physically and mentally. Have a good week, y'all.